0: Hi guys, I'm Tim Wilde, fighting out of Birmingham, England. I train with Leon Edwards at Renegade MMA. I'm currently on a six-fight unbeaten streak. You are listening to the Pro Sports Podcasters.
1: We are the Pro Sports Podcasters, where no sport is left behind.
0: It's time for another episode of the Pro Sports Podcasters, with your host... BetUS Sportsbook is your ultimate destination for online betting
1: with sports betting, live betting racebook, online slots and online casino. It's available across the US and Canada use the code PSP
0: to receive a massive sign up bonus
1: Welcome back to the Pro Sports Podcasters. My name is Durand. You all know me as Kobe. I'll be your host today. And today we've got a mixed martial artist for the Friday Fight Show. He's lightweight. His record is 17 4 and 1 as a pro. And he actually participated in the final completely run by Bellator, Bellator number 301. Tim, how's it going? Hi, Kobe. Uh, I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm good, buddy. I'm good. Now, I, I want to talk a little bit about Bellator. I mean, by this point, everybody knows that the PFL have purchased the rights to Bellator and they're going to be making a number of changes. One thing I want to ask off the bat is, do you know if the the lightweight Grand Prix is done as a result of this? Um,
0: I don't actually know for sure. Um, if you was to ask me what my opinion, I personally think that they won't finish it. I think with Usman being kind of pulled for some sort of like steroid use Mm -hmm. and him now receiving a six month ban, that's going to take him till kind of April, till he's free to fight again. And I'm pretty sure that PFL would have wanted to wrap that up kind of early in the year. So, in my opinion, I think I don't think they'll finish that, which is a shame. You know, I. Personally, I believe that Primus should have been able to move forward to the finale, and him and shabbily perhaps fight for the, yeah, you know, the the winner, the first prize. But I guess only time will tell.
1: You know, it's funny by the by the PFL rules, that's exactly what would have happened.
0: Yeah, as as we say, um, you know, it's all a little up in the air. Nobody really knows. I guess over these coming weeks, we're going to find out. How that's going to look next year, but yeah, I think you know, Primus deserves that chance. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, whatever the reason is, whether it be you know a legitimate uh, there was not a T a TUE put in place, but ultimately Primus should have been the one who moved on, as Usman saved uh, Although him and Shabirly have already fought previous, and obviously Primus lost that fight. I'm sure he would have liked the chance to uh, reconcile that, but who knows? We'll see in the coming weeks, Now, don't.
1: Yeah, it'd be interesting if they actually decide to go ahead with that, or at least make that a contest worth seeing. Now, were you aware at all of this deal taking place before the announcement or no?
0: Um, we, nothing was ever concrete. Obviously there was a lot of rumors going around. I have a great manager who's very much in the know, but, Nothing was ever finalised uh, until, as um, Don Davis said or announced on um, Ariel's on show, that uh, it was finalised the following day, fo- following, uh, like you say, Bellator 301, my last fight, with big deals like that and there's a lot of money being turned over. I think you know, any, anything little can happen and can change the whole outcome of that deal, so... It was all kept hush. Um, As far as I know, no fighters that I know or communicate with or have a good relationship with was aware 100% what was happening. Now, your first
1: fight, I mean, the kind of fluke is Brent Primus. We've been talking about him already. But your first fight with Bellator was in 2019. What made you sign with Bellator at that
0: time? So my previous team and manager... Uh, John Roberts from UTC Canuck, UTC staffs. He um, he was approached by numerous big organisations. Bellator probably being the most prestige, and offered. Um, we were offered contracts. I was on a, a winning streak, and basically they they offered us the most money, and they seemed to be having a at that period of time. It was actually I think a signed mid. Or towards the end of two thousand and uh, eighteen, and they offered us the, the most lucrative deal, and they seemed to be having a big influx signing of European fighters. Mm-hmm. So we just jumped on board. That we did approach the UFC. So my former manager, he he had a relationship with the UFC, but at that period of time, they just they wasn't interested in me. So yeah, we, as I say, we had a few big organisations that we're interested, but where we went with Bellator, and I'm glad we did, you know? Yeah, I was going to say, you enjoyed your time with Bellator, correct? Yeah, absolutely. I, I can't knock them at all as a as a promotion or a company. If I was to, <laughs> the one complaint that I've had, and I've been quite vocal about it, is I would personally just like to fight a little more. Mm-hmm. But most Bellator fighters on the roster average two fights a year. So, you know, I'm I'm not on my own in that. Uh, department
1: yeah no that's that was something that was vocalized by a number of fighters, actually, and I think i mean if you talk to the average mixed martial arts fan, they're not going to know Bellator as well as say the uFC and depending on where you are maybe one one f c but you talk to educated mixed martial arts fans, and the Bellator roster was absolutely
0: stacked uh absolutely yeah. i couldn't agree more. This was something I always discussed with my manager at length. I think that was the one thing, and I, I'm not pointing fingers. I don't know whose fault it was, but uh, they never pushed the fights, the the events, the fighters enough, you know, uh, compared to other other big promotions, mm-hmm. which is a shame because, as you say, the the roster is absolutely stacked, and now we've joined with. You know the PFL roster. I think I might be. You might know this fact, but I think I heard Don Davies say. I don't know if he just acquired something like 210 more fighters, or now there's a total in in the whole two promotions of 210. I would actually think there was more, but he, you know, he we make up for a third of the, in the top 50 rankings across all divisions. You know, it's mm-hmm. the roster now is. Uh, Extremely competitive with the U.S.A. I believe.
1: Yeah, and I, I would argue that the the lightweights and the weights specifically are absolutely strong out of the Bellator group. And you've had some yeah. a major amount of success lately. You're on quite the win streak, right? So, where would you like? What would you like to see happen next? If if you had it your way, what
0: would you want to do? Um, to be honest with you, I, I would like potentially to be put into the PFL mix. Okay, it's a difficult question, really, because my parents asked me this recently. What would you do, Tim, if if they approach you and stuff? See, I've really built some momentum now into Bellator. Uh, I've just been ranked ninth in Bellator on the fight matrix, which you know, as you know, is probably the only unopinionated real, true world MMA rankings. And, you know, I, I've worked my ass off to get there. I'm on a 6 fight unbeaten streak. And, you know, potentially one, definitely maybe two fights away from getting a title shot in Bellator. And ultimately, uh, nobody gets into MMA really to uh, make money. You know, a lot of people make money, uh, and that comes with success, but... I got into this sport because I love the competition of it, and I want to be a world champion, and I, I want it to be a, a you know, a, a regional champion, and build my way up. And in Bellator now, two big wins against two top ten names. I'm going to be fighting for that title. But then, on the flip side of that, I like the idea of being active and fighting four times in one year. You know, I'm in the gym, always working hard. I'm always ready. So if I have the opportunity now to potentially fight four times, I don't know, I'm kind of 50-50 with it really. If Bellator offered me, you know, if they they run this Bellator International Series and they offer me someone who's ranked sixth and I, I can get a big win and know that in two fights I can fight for a world title, I'll probably see that through. But ultimately, my manager is going to sit down with PFL over these next week or two now they've had their end of year show and uh, work that out with them i think they're obliged to see our contracts through whether they would look to renegotiate if i was to move to pfl but um as long as i'm active and i'm fighting high level guys either way i want to be fighting for a world title in the next year to 18 months now it's funny we've had a number of
1: pfl fighters on our show and the one thing they always bring up is that. The four fights in a year is it's no easy feat, right? It it's a challenge. It can be grueling on the body. But you think you could handle it?
0: Yeah, I believe I can. You know, I've always been active. I'm I'm very much a hundred percent into this game. And when I say I've always been active, I'm always in the gym. So when I'm this is why my performances have just been getting better and better in Bellator because I'm not one of these guys who you know, goes as big holidays, gets fat. I'm I'm in the gym working, like, out of camp on improving me as a fighter. It's my full-time life, basically. Not, Not I don't even see it as a job. So, you know, I was 36 this year. I'm in the prime of my, you know, athletic career, like, I just want to get in there and be active. I, I have no doubts about it, that it, it, it's a tough ask to fight four times in a year, but I, I just fought less than 10 days ago or whatever it was. And in all on I mean, I, not every fight goes like that, but in all honesty, I could fight again this weekend. I've come out completely unscathed. Yeah. I don't tend to take big damage in fights. I know I have been cut previously, but you know, I, injuries worries touch wood. You know, I'm I'm all right. So, but yeah, I have uh, I have no doubt about it that it would be a, a tough ask. But I, I know I could dedicate myself to it for a year, and I truly believe that I would stand a very good chance of collecting that world title. Yeah, great win at three hundred one, by
1: the way. And I, I love your fights, man. You're always fun to watch. Now, some yeah. gyms have taken the philosophy of soft sparring where other gyms believe that hard sparring is what develops athletes what's the philosophy at your gym
0: so there's a lot of high level individuals at renegade mma and each individual has their own approach but as a as a whole the the gym and the the team you know we we train very smart so even if the sparring is hard we are we're very aware of our training partners. We all kind of have our little niche groups that we work with around our weights and we look after each other. There's a very good philosophy at the gym. You know, we don't, um, excuse my French, but we don't allow dickheads in the gym. We, we train smart, we work hard and yeah, like it seems to be doing us all very, very good. So I've, I do believe you kind of have, I have two theories on this. Like, I believe that you, you've got to be tested in the gym safely but ultimately if you you know once you've had one one mma fight whether that be amateur or pro whatever it is you know whether you have it in you to dig deep and, and to do what it takes and there's other ways safer ways that you can train that i think you know the whole the whole fight or flight theory i think you know that once you've had one fight and if it's not for you then that's fine find another sport or you know just train as a hobby and enjoy the learning side of it but a lot of people say oh you have to spar hard to know you can dig deep in a fight well you know that once you've had one fight so why do you then need to damage brain cells in the gym weekly it just shortens your career so we we're very um i think like forward thinking and advanced in our gym and we we do train very very smart No, that's
1: a good point that you make. Very good point. Once you've been in there, if you could take it, you could take it, right? Now, you've fought for a number of different promotions, I think through a couple of different gyms. How has, like, do you have, have you stuck with the same coach
0: for most of your career or have they changed? Um, So, uh, as I say, I started my MMA journey about 12 years ago with uh, a smaller gym, based just up the road really from me and credit to them, they took me all the way to Bellator from an absolute raw novice, amateur MMA, I had 10 amateur MMA fights as I said, all the way up to my Bellator debut and then um, I had to travel a, around a little for some sparring because there just wasn't enough high level fighters there and in doing so, you know, I, I, I knew a lot of the guys from Renegade Leon, Fabian, Yannick Bahati, all the guys, I kind of knew them from the scene, and they would often invite me down and say, you got to come and try with us, got to come and train with us, and I kind of stayed, like, loyal to my team, um, but I also felt like I knew I was outgrowing them a little, so in the very start of 2020, I made the full-time switch to Team Renegade, and um, not looked back ever since, and I've really felt myself grow, you know, I went, you know, I'm putting this in the nicest possible way. I went from being the big fish in a small pond to <laughs> the very small fish in a very large pond. And But you quickly grow and adapt, and, it, and that's what it made me do. And, yeah, as I say, I'm not back since. And although, I mean, although I've been there since the start of 2020, I was out for the best part of six to nine months with an ACL, MCL tear, uh, and we had COVID. So I still feel like... I've not actually been at Renegade that long. So I still know I've got um, lots of growth to come from training there regularly. And, yeah, I'm really moulded into the team. You know, me, Fabian, Leon, we, we all get on really well. The, the guys will help me in the corners. Like Leon normally corners me. He wasn't at this one, obviously, because he's due to fight Colby in, I think, like three or four weeks. So we've got a real solid team there and we all want to see each other win and do well, uh, and it's great. I love it there.
1: Now, do you think that there's additional attention on just MMA in England in general because of the recent success of so many British fighters in in multiple
0: promotions? Um, Yeah, I think, yeah, it started with Bisping, didn't it? I mean, England's always been known for creating high-level fighters across all martial arts, especially striking martial arts. But yeah, Bisping being the first, where well, you had Dan Hardy, was one of the first guys to challenge for a title, um, you know. And then Bisping to win, Ronald, although he was living in the states, he's, he's, he's as British as to come. That's right. <laughs> and then you, you got, and then Leon to be the first one to do it from a gym in England and being Birmingham as well, you know, where we're all from. It just it put massive eyes on us and. You know, like I think we have, for sure, have the strongest team in England, in the UK, and I mean, I would argue we have one of the strongest teams in Europe, and I would say we're top three to five strongest teams in the world. You know, we we really are blessed, and I'm blessed that this is only a 45 minute drive from my house. So yeah, yeah I think Birmingham and uh, I don't know how well you know England, but we're very like we we're, we're very middle of England the Midlands, as they call it, we produce some seriously talented fighters and the work we've been putting in over these, I mean, leon, Leon's leon been doing it probably 13, 14 years, myself 10 to 12 years. The work we've been putting in, it's all coming to fruition now and the world's getting to see that. Unfortunately, as, as you said earlier, because I'm not very great on social media, I'm getting better. And also, Bellator perhaps not promoting me as well as they could have done, but not many people. I don't have that big following, but, you know, I don't really care about that. My goal is to be world champion in Bellator or PFL or both, but, yeah, the world will see, or they are starting to, and they will see. (laughs)
1: Sorry. No, for sure, buddy, for sure. Would you say that mixed martial arts is is growing at a faster pace in England now, or or is it... Hasn't has it maybe not changed over the last few years?
0: I think it's growing um, superbly fast all around the world. But in England, um, yeah, you know, like Leon can't really go anywhere now without being recognised in this country. I mean, he's a superstar. Like, but see, to, if you're an MMA fan, he's seriously a superstar. But maybe three years ago, walking around, it was just a, you know, who's that guy? If you if you watched MMA, you knew who he was. But now you you just your general public you can't go anywhere with him now, um, so uh, it's definitely growing. Yeah, for sure.
1: Right on, right on. Now, so Tim, what what actually got you into martial arts to begin with? What attracted you to it?
0: Well, I was always sporty, competitive, and athletic as a kid, um, and uh, I've always just enjoyed competition and. It was actually uh, my mom and dad that pushed me into martial arts. So, uh, like, you know, I was I was um, accustomed to a little bit of bullying as a kid, just having ginger hair and name callers. Never 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 anything too bad. But my dad was like, oh, you know, you need to know how to look after yourself. We're going to get you into martial arts. They they just encouraged it, and I, I started training um, shotgun karate around the age of seven, eight. Um, yeah, I just fell in love with it. I just enjoyed it and I, I competed in that nationally from about the age of 11, 12 um, and then internationally. And it just grew really. And I just, um, I'm a very obsessive person. So if I, yeah, I'm all or nothing with things. So this is why I was always, I've always struggled with social media because I've never really enjoyed doing it or enjoyed being on it. So I'm a, I've always been a bit nothing. I, I, I recognise the the importance of it nowadays but yeah going back to that as I was a kid I was just I just threw myself into it fully I'd always be the first on the mats the, the last to stay I'd always do extra kind of and um, I think I just I had a lot of success because of that and as I say I've always been very competitive and then just yeah throughout the years I've kind of naturally progressed to MMA I as I was quite a late starter in MMA really I, I started when I was 23 or 24, and I'm 36 now. So, I think that's why, because some people can look at me and maybe go, "Oh, 36 is getting on a bit." But I still feel pretty young in the sport. You know, I've quite often heard Joe Rogan say, "You know, you you got 10 years fighting at the highest level." Well, I've only been at that highest level since 2019, mm-hmm. and then we had a year out with COVID. So, I still feel like I've got a lot of gas in the tank. I'm not slowing down at all. So, uh, you know, I I think nothing of it when people comment on my age other than laugh.
1: I I think if Rogan was to revisit that comment, I think he'd probably change it to time in the cage versus overall years involved in the sport, right? I mean, I think it's more a matter of how much your body can take damage-wise and the longer you spend in the cage and the more vicious your fights are the less time you're going to have overall, unless you're just a freakish athlete. But yeah. if you're going in and a lot of the fights are being, are finished and, you know, around, it, it doesn't count for as much. Right. So yeah, absolutely. I also think age is sometimes overrated as well, because I mean, you can be quite young, you can get into the sport quite young, but if you take a lot of damage in your first five years, you know, by the time you're say 25, you could be done, <laughs> right? So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It, to me, it's more about time and damage and you've done a, a pretty good job of keeping yourself healthy in the cage. I mean, I, something I got asked too is so you're talking about nicknames and such, but so how did you come up with the experiment
0: or does somebody else come up with it? Uh, yeah. My, um, my previous coach come up with that nickname. So, uh, I, I have dropped it. Really, I kind of dropped it when I moved to Renegade. I wasn't. i never disliked it as such. I just. I was never. I was never really bothered about having a nickname. And a lot of people say that, you know, you you got to be given a nickname. You can't choose your own. And and I was given that. Um, mm-hmm. Respectfully, just kind of dropped that when I left that gym. But his idea behind the nickname was. Um, He was a Thai boxing coach. Um, He had a history of other various martial arts, uh, Wing Chun, uh, Kali, stick fighting, etc. And he kind of experimented with me. That was his thought process behind. He experimented with how he trained me and how, especially how he trained my striking. He wasn't training me traditionally as he would do his previous fighters because He had a lot of fighters that he worked with that actually went on to UFC, like Paul Taylor, I don't know if you remember him back in the day, the British fighter, and Vaughn Lee, some other guys. And he'd always trained them traditionally in a Thai style of striking. But yeah, he experimented with me a bit. And, you know, as you've seen, if you've watched me fight, then I use a lot of angles, I use a lot of crazy footwork. And I've only added to that since moving on. But yeah, as a... I do thank him a lot for the, the base that I have nowadays.
1: Now, of course your base is in Shotokan karate. And I assume Mm -hmm. from what, from what you said that you competed sport karate. Yes. Did you ever represent England?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Numerous times. I was, I was European champion. I was seeded number one for world championships when I was 15. It's a funny story actually. And uh, I went um, to Durban, South Africa and my first fight was against the seeded number three, I think. Uh, a South African kid had won it uh, three years prior. Because I think they did, it, was, it was two or three years prior. They, did, they didn't do it every year. And anyway, he um, he's landed a point. He's gone up on point, Stroh, and, and I hit him with a head kick. And the whole the stadium uproared. And I think from like embarrassment more so than how much it actually hurt him. He played on it. He went, uh, he suddenly turned like Italian footballer and was rolling around the floor and <laughs> I had to. Um... He's going for the DQ. <laughs> yeah. Well, he got it, didn't he? So oh. to, when, when you, when you land, cause obviously semi-contact, when you land a, a shot deemed damaging, you have to turn around and, um, sit on your knees and face away from your opponent, and I did that. And I was looking at my coach, and he's rolling his eyes. Uh, he, 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 the guy was playing basically. Yeah, you know, he. Uh, I got the DQ'd. He went on to win. But if I'd have, if he had, you know, that put that three points for the head kick would have put me up because it was at the end of the match. So it was one of those things. It was it was disappointing, but it was still a, a magical experience. I got to. Um, to live and uh, and do so but yeah uh, I, I represented England numerous times I was numerous times British champion European champion so I was very very involved in in Korea it was my passion as a child
1: right on buddy congratulations on your accomplishments there I, I'm guessing situations like that probably attracted you to a full combat to begin with it right yeah I think so
0: I, I mean I went uh I actually come away from martial arts for a few years I was I started work, I uh, started work as an electrician here in England and did an apprenticeship and I've come away from martial arts a little bit and I got into kind of like weightlifting and as a young lad 17, 18, started going out you know, drinking, started getting interested in women. And then um, yeah, I think around 21, I was like, oh, what am I doing? I, I miss martial arts, I miss my sport. And I tried to go back to karate and I was just, I was too big, too strong. Uh, My body had changed. My whole mindset had changed. I kind of, I felt like I left karate as a boy. And then when I returned, I was a man. And I, yeah, I kind of craved some, like more contact. So I tried various other martial arts and I couldn't settle in any one as such. I tried boxing. I missed, I missed kicking. Uh, I, I kick a lot in my fights, as you as you'll have seen, and uh, so and then I stumbled upon the Ultimate Fighter series one, and uh, I thought oh, I can do that. That's that. I, that that's right up my street. <laughs> um, lo and behold, uh, I found the nearest MMA gym, and when I got my ass kicked, <laughs> uh, and I but and then I just fell in love with it from there.
1: Now, what skills do you think you take over? like you bring with you from karate into mixed martial arts, which ones are giving you the most benefit in the cage?
0: I think if I had to choose one, I would say uh, my range, my striking range. So the distance that I fight, at, I think people uh, struggle with it. You know, uh, when in fact, I know people struggle with it. I've pre- I've had pre former opponents talk to me about it and they really underestimate kind of, the length of my arms and the way I can blitz in and out, you know, right. and the I can make a lot of people miss and make and pay. And I think that's come from having that kind of fast twitch in and out blitz style karate base for sure. Right on.
1: Right on. I, I would agree, actually. I, I honestly I love I love watching you fight, man. So I I did a little karate growing up as well and I, I can see it. When you're in the cage, I I just love watching karate practitioners in mixed martial arts because you get a little bit, a bit of a different take on striking than you'd normally see. Mm -hmm. Now, Tim, like we talked a little bit about like what you'd you'd like to see happen. of course you want to fight more, more often. That's important to you. Are you still technically under contract or are all the
0: contracts done at this particular moment? So, I mean my manager knows better than me, but as far as I'm aware, I just recently re-signed with Bellator this year, and that was, uh, I re-signed with them on a four-fight contract, and that was the first fight of that contract. As far as I'm aware, uh, legally it might be different, they have, I think they called it an acquisition deal, where they've just, they've taken on board, like everything, so PFL now, have to uh, if they're keeping the individual fighter on, have to they're obliged to meet those contracts. Okay, so that is as much as I know. I think that I feel very, like I feel like the Tim Wild business is a good business to be in right now. I'm I'm seeded kind of number one outside of UFC UK uh, British fighter. Um, I think Stevie Ray was ranked two places above me on Fight Matrix at number forty-eight. I'm ranked at fifty, so I, I feel good. You know, I feel positive. I think PFL, if for the seat. It was great to have my first finish on Bellator in on the last ever Bellator show run by the Bellator guys. So you know, when they think Tim Wild and they look at me and look at my last fight, that's what they're going to see against a really tough opponent in Mike Hamill. You know, I mean I'm in a good place, six fights unbeaten. Number one ranked Brit. I think Stevie Ray's retired now, so I think he made it did he make it to the final or the semi final last year or this year. So I like my chances. I really do.
1: Yeah, I see I was saying I was thinking, you know, I mean for you, you're lucky in that you did fight in the final event. So I mean you don't really know when your next fight will be. But at least you just completed a fight, right? I think it's probably harder on the Bellator fighters who say hadn't fought since maybe August, and now they're sort of in limbo, wondering
0: when their next fight will be. Yeah, yeah, it could be difficult for those guys. Uh, uh, um, a friend of mine, Costello, well, say a friend, more of a associate. Um, he, he's under the same management. He? he wanted to. He really desperately wanted to get another fight, and I believe. I believe his last fight was um, Paris, which was May. Mm
1: -hmm. He
0: really wanted to get one more in this year, you know. Uh, But he was unfortunate he wasn't able to do so. I was one of the lucky ones that did, you know. Another guy, Levon, uh, the Georgian fighter, the welterweight, he, um, he managed to get a fight out in Dublin. Also, my teammate and very good friend Fabian, he managed to get a fight in Dublin. So we were all lucky to get... You know that payday and yeah. another fight at the end of this year, but for some guys, yeah, I mean, who knows? I think I I also don't know if PFL. I mean, they've they've got a lot of fighters now. They might have to let some go. So if you wasn't one of the lucky ones that were active at the end of the year, I think it you know it, it doesn't put you in the greatest position really moving forward into twenty twenty four.
1: That's right, and I'm, and I'm guessing the way the contracts were structured by Bellator, they don't have the option to just fight with another promotion
0: in the meantime, correct? Again, I wouldn't know legally for sure, but I think, I do think I remember my manager saying that if he, if Bellator, because I, I, as I said earlier, I was always on my manager's case, I want more fights, I want more fights, and he said, what we can do is if Bellator aren't keeping you active enough. They can, we can ask for a fight outside of the promotion, and they could potentially allow it. He says, but the risk, uh, the risk of doing so is if, say, for instance, I popped over to KSW and had a fight and then lost, that doesn't look good um, for me and my progression on Bellator. So it was always something we were a bit, a little bit hesitant to do. So. There is the potential that you can do that, but at, you know whether PFL allow that. Uh, as I say, I don't know. It's all. I guess it's all going to come out in the air uh, the next four to six weeks, I believe, because the, you know it's only around the corner, isn't it? Twenty twenty-four. So they're going to have to be moving pretty fast.
1: Now, if you had your pick of opponents, who would you like your next
0: fight to be against? Um, depending on, we'll choose both. So depending on whether it's tour or PFL. Let's stick with Bellator for now. It's got to be somebody in the top 10. I mean, I would like to fight a striker uh, in the top 10. But as I look at the, the Bellator top 10, a lot of the guys are wrestlers. I mean,
1: yeah, a I lot think of grapplers. I'd
0: love to fight. Yeah, there's a lot of grapplers, a lot of wrestlers. But I've also just fought three very strong wrestlers and beat them in a row. So it's kind of what I'm used to fighting and how I've trained for. So I would feel confident getting in there with anyone. So... Without looking at it uh, actually right now, the list of top ten, it's hard to pick an individual. But I'm open to anyone really. Uh, I would love to fight. I would really love uh, the rematch with Brent Primus. Yeah, but we don't know what's happening with the tournament. I guess so. He, you know, but if that fight option was there, I would love the. I would love to run it. Run it with him again. Whether he would or not, I don't know. But I'm sure he would. He's, he's a game guy. So, but if it was uh, PFL, it, uh, I don't know who's going to be in the roster. Just so uh, anyone really, mate, I'm 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 ready to go and to be the world champ. You, you've got to be able to beat any of them. So whoever they put in front of me, I'll be I'll be ready to go. Yeah, if I was making the fights,
1: it would be the rematch with Primus. One hundred percent, it would be the rematch. I think you're a very different fighter now than when you were when you first entered Bellator. And I mean, I saw that first fight, it was, you were just stifled, basically, the whole time. Whereas now, like you said, you've fought a number of of grapplers, wrestlers, and you've learned to handle it better. So I would like to see that fight again. That'd be the one I'd want to see. And I wouldn't be surprised if both of you end up in the PFL roster. Wouldn't surprise me at all.
0: Yeah, I would like to run it back. I think, um, I think you bang on with what you said there. It was, um, it was my, There was a lot of factors to that to that fight. Um, you know, Brent did a brilliant job of getting the finish. But as as you said, I've leveled up ten times since then. But one of the big factors was with it being my debut uh, on Bellator. I, I I'd never felt that big show feel. You know, I think there was, I think that night there was twelve thousand in the audience. It was, yeah. it was a real big big feel about it. It was quite overwhelming, uh, and I tried my very best to not let the moment get to me, but it did. And <laughs> funny funny story again, like we tra- we knew what a high-level jiu-jitsu expert Brent Primus was. We trained for 10 weeks to avoid, you know, a lot of anti-grappling and avoid, you know, going to the ground with Brent. And then the first kind of solid punch I landed and he's – I don't think he you know he wasn't dazed but I've knocked him over I've dived on top of him so (laughs) I learned the lesson the hard way um (laughs) but you know these are these mistakes and uh lessons you know you grow from them and well as you as you said you've seen how I've grown from that mistake so yeah I would love to run that back
1: now, Tim, you're actually one inch taller than me. You're listed at 5'11", and that's correct, right? Yes. Okay. I walk around at – I'm 5'10". I walk around at 200. There's no way I could fight at lightweight. What, what do you walk around at? Uh,
0: so, pounds. So, I actually think I'm six foot, but <laughs> my girlfriend <laughs> argues that I'm 5'11". Five, five, <laughs> so, I don't know. i maybe 5'11 and a half. But I think – so, I'm not very good with the pounds so I tend to use kilos, but most of the the year I walk around between eighty four and eighty six kilos, which I believe is about one eighty five to one ninety okay and that's that's training kind of out of camp not being that's like seventy percent disciplined with my diet and I diet down fairly easy to one seventy and tend to do my last bit of cut from one seventy I normally go back in the cage about 175. Uh, that's actually what I went into, because they uh, at the Bellator for some reason they did like a pre. I don't know if that's like standard rules in the states, but they did a, a pre-fight weigh-in again. Yes, and I I stepped on and in my shorts I was I was think I was 175 or 176, and surprisingly I I could see on the paper that also Mike Hammer was because he, he although he's he's heavily set uh, muscular like he. He didn't feel too strong or too. He didn't look too big either, but he he went in there at the same weight as me. So, because he's previously fought at featherweight, so so yeah, but yeah, so yeah, generally like one eighty five, one eighty eight maybe. But, okay. I bet, but uh, previously, I've actually been a lot heavier. So um, when I had the stint of kind of lifting weights, as I said, and I come away from martial arts and I was I was working away and stuff as an electrician, I, I probably went up to. The heaviest I probably went up to was around 220. Oh shit! So yeah, but that was that was some years ago now. You know, as soon as I started MMA, I trimmed down massively. And you you have no problem making the cut? No, no, it's 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 a um, it's a it's a very easy cut. I've done it many many times. Um, this this camp, I don't I don't know if you've seen. I've posted a little bit about it on my social media and stuff and on uh, my YouTube. But I had a bit of a difficult cut. And there was, again, a few factors to that, that I I had surgery. I actually had spine surgery. Well, it would have been about 17 weeks ago now. And um, ideally, I was looking to fight in December, mid-December, just to give me a little bit more time. Because uh, I had six weeks of inactivity after the spine surgery. All I could do was very light physio. I couldn't exercise. And naturally, my weight went up a bit. And I think I went up to nearly 195 at one point. So I was a little heavier coming into this camp. And then with the travel, uh, we only flew out on the Monday. Um, that and, 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 and just the food, I think, in the States was being different from home, what I was used to. I actually come into fight week a little heavier than normal. So... I think I was around. Um, I was around 176. Whereas I'd normally be around 170, 168. Yeah. So it was a slightly harder cut this time round. But now, as a rule, I do the cut. I make the weight very easy. Yeah. Now, where would our fans find you on social media and YouTube? Uh, just Team Wild MMA. So you know anybody can uh, across all platforms. And and that's
1: Wild W I L D E on the end guys yeah <laughs> right yeah. no awesome good having you on tim good talking to you buddy
0: yes yeah, it's, it's been my pleasure mate i've really enjoyed it thank you yeah man i'm looking forward to your next
1: fight and you just keep getting better i can't wait for it i'm hoping you're part of the pfl roster i really expect you to be i mean if you i don't know how closely you've looked at their roster but i would say that the bellator roster was stronger so I expect a, a number of Bellator fighters to end up in the PFL side of things next season, and I'm hoping
0: you're there, man. I would agree. With, I would agree with you on that. Yeah, I think the the, the lightweight roster for Bellator is very, very strong. So, um, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, Kinders six cross. strong, ridiculously strong, <laughs> crazy strong. I
1: I just hope now that this acquisition has happened, like you said, that the marketing behind it is as big as the acquisition right that was the only thing holding bellator back was their marketing was poor i think pfl might really push next year to to become one of the top promotions overall yeah i hope so too mate um fingers crossed yeah man good having you on tim good having you on thanks for tuning into the podcast for even more of your favorite sports content, be sure to visit the website, www.prosportspodcasters.com. On our website, you will find our sports blog, full podcast library, access to our YouTube channel, and deals from our affiliate partners. You can also sign up to become a PSP insider and get exclusive access to our insider tips, sponsor giveaways, and insider newsletter. So don't get out on the full Pro Sports Podcasters experience, where no sport is left behind.